It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back, relax, and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome to episode 113 of the Blind Android Users podcast. I'm Ed Green and I'm joined by my co-hosts Warren Carr, Austin Pinto, John Dyer, Fee Dunn and this week's special guest Will Murgatroyd. And we are coming to you on Saturday the 4th of February 2023. This week we have our usual announcements from Austin. In our spotlight section, we're going to talk about everything that was revealed at the Samsung Galaxy Unpacked event on uh, the 1st of February, last Wednesday. We have an app of the week, and that is ExpressVPN, and I do a demonstration of that and talk a little bit about uh, VPNs more generally. We have a tip of the week from Warren. Uh, Then we have the next in our series of talkback highlights from John Dyer. And we have an Android journey from Will Murgatroyd, who sent that in, but he's here to answer questions and talk to us about some of the stuff he raised in that. Well, how are we all, Warren? What's going on? It's a beautiful weekend, and I wish I were John. I'll be celebrating on the street out there uh, with all that Samsung thing going on. Uh, Of course, I love Samsung. Um, but I think John is the king of Samsung. So <laughs> even though I'm excited, but not near as excited as John would be, we're having a great weather here today, and it's kind of going to be feeling more like a springtime for the first time. We're going to be hitting like 42 degrees, and uh, uh, there may be a flurry or two, but at least it's not that very cold. So I'm excited about it, and I'm looking forward to getting this episode done and edited and all of that, and then uh, maybe go for a little walk if I can, if it's not too bad out there. So kind of excited about it, and that's what's going on. Literally no one believed you when you said you loved Samsung, Ren, by the way. Uh, we all know where your heart lies. It's misplaced, no, I obviously. I do. No, no, your heart belongs to Fisher Price. It could be never be prized out of its underwhelming clutches. I got myself this. prized out. I love something. It could you never don't. be prized out, Ed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there is literally no evidence of you loving Samsung. That S twenty one is Julia's. Everything you have is Fisher Price. Your your love of Samsung dates from about 2013 when you had an S4. Well, it's not <laughs> bad to have a secret lover, you know. So Samsung is there, my secret lover. So I have that S21 to uh, prove that um, indeed I love Samsung and slowly getting <laughs> uh, Fisher priced out. <laughs> uh, excellent. Austin, what's happening in Mumbai? So last week we had spoken about... Uh, reversing the heating system and the AC. And I think it automatically reversed because Mumbai is getting very warm now. The winters are over. And uh, one more nice news is the next upcoming week is my birthday week. So it's preparing time. Yeah, the 9th of Feb. So Are you getting a new phone? No, I'm not getting a new phone. (laughs) I've already got the 6A. (laughs) I'm waiting for a 7A now. Oh dear, more more fish price. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going we're going to uncover more of it as we go around the 
the uh, the virtual uh, attendees as well. Uh, well, happy birthday, happy birthday for next week, and glad the uh, the the automatic schedule kicked in to to reverse the heating system. John Boy, what's going on in Virginia? It's good here in Virginia. I'm I actually had a pretty well. It was a long week, but it was a good week. My son's still not feeling good, and you know he's got a little bit of a fever. Uh, but you know, I think all in all, we're doing pretty good. And like Warren mentioned, I did, and I'm sure nobody's surprised. I I pre-ordered a phone this week, so <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk about that uh, when we get to that point in the podcast, I guess. I was more surprised when the sun set in the west yesterday, to be honest. Like that was more <laughs> that was more surprising than you pre-ordering uh, a phone for an event that we shall discuss later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful I thing. Yeah. I phone I went for a walk earlier on and uh, the birds were singing away. It wasn't sunny though. It's been a bit of a grey old day today, but um yeah, here in London it's um it's not like really warm, but it's not freezing cold, although it's supposed to be next week. Oh, well. Um, again? I was, yeah, apparently it's going to cool down again tomorrow. Hopefully, not quite as much as it was, but yes. Um, top temperature tomorrow is eight degrees. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I've been moonlighting on another podcast, but I did promote this one. Um, the RNIB Tech Talk podcast. This week's episode, I was on that, and you can find it on any podcast apps that you normally use. And my bit was 18 minutes in. Um, so, if anyone heard me on there and is now listening to us because of that, a very big, warm welcome from us here. And uh, yeah, it's the. Uh, been busy week for me doing various things and oh. uh london is good i like london and especially with all these lovely birds singing away and telling me that spring's coming soon yeah they haven't abandoned twitter for mastodon have they they're still tweeting i don't think elon musk has any control over the actual birds does he i, I don't think he can uh control what they do and when they sing and they're loyal to the tweeting platform. Uh, Fee, he has some balloons out there he can catch them with. And they may be nets <laughs> uh, catching oh, the no. birds. <laughs> you better not bring those to London. <laughs> and Will, how are you? I am doing very well, thanks, Ed. All the better to be on this exciting podcast. Um, so thank you so much for allowing me to come on here. I've been listening to you guys for uh, quite a few months, and I'm so glad that you finally converted me to Android. I think uh, <laughs> by this point in the olden days, and you'll find out why in my Android journey later on, I would have gone, you know what, I'm smashing to the floor. But actually, <laughs> I've um, persevered, and I love it. But uh, no, all is good with me uh, in Luton, so I guess we're not too far from you, iPhone. No. Um and uh, yeah, went for a park run this morning. Um, ran well, ran walked for about forty-five minutes. Um, I do it every Saturday, um, as well as a couch to five k running program. Uh, was almost on track for a personal best, which uh, did I think it was like forty-four thirty-five this morning. But uh, yeah, all is good in Luton. All is good. If it if it's a run walk, 
Is that a roll or mean, a one? You can <laughs> you can do you can do anything apart run to be honest. Um, but you can run, you can walk, you can cycle, uh, take your kids, take the dogs, anything you want really. Um, no, you can do anything at park run. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. catch me doing it. <laughs> I think it's okay. Very one impressive. can do anything at park run. One yeah. who would like to partake. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a Sorry. nice thing. And Fee, yeah. you know, one of these days, I think you should go out there. Um, I would love to be able to do that. When I lived in Denver, we used to have something walk and roll. And um, what that meant was that we had people in wheelchair and we have people like my knucklehead without cans and stuff like that. It, it was all for the blind. I mean, rather for the disabled. And so it, it was a beautiful thing. And we did that in the summertime. Uh, not in the winter time. It sounds walk and roll sounds like what you do when you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we walked and rolled. Yeah, no, it's, it sounds good actually. But no, I like I, that. I, well, that's that's a nice thing to do. Yeah, uh, it most is. especially early in the morning in the winter time, you can yeah. be nice and strong to be able to do that. I mean, it gets you out, but again, what's what's the alternative? You know, what's the alternative? Just sit in your room doing absolutely nothing, like you know. So going nice to the pub—that's that's an alternative. I, I, I do suppose, things. Yeah, just... I mean, if you, I mean, <laughs> yeah, as I'm I, a student, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do things, just not running. <laughs> yeah, it's not for everyone, but again, you don't have to do that. I, I like swimming though. And some saying. people hate that. So I like No, that's a good one too. Yeah. Although and I don't, uh, I'll sink to the bottom, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad you do, Fee. Yeah, well, I, I'm yet to test. Um, I'll have to let you all know how it goes, you know, when I next swim with the Galaxy Watch on, because I haven't, haven't done that yet. I did it with the old one, but that was a few years ago, and it'll be different now. Much better, I expect. Yeah, let oh. us know what happens. Yeah, and we'll obviously you're here for the Android journey, but chip in throughout uh, if you want to talk about the Galaxy stuff or anything else. No, of course, so I, just, have, I have used yeah. Samsung before, so yeah, cool. you can edit you can edit this out, but I don't like them. <laughs> you don't? Oh I don't no, like you just heard John's feelings, uh, Mr. Everything, oh. Sam, everything Samsung talked about came into into existence. Nah, ab- abolish that. <laughs> I love I oh, you, you like well, you like the voice assistant then more. Um, I, I was fine with I was fine with. Uh, it's funny. I started off by using uh, voice assistant when I um, first got a Samsung back in 2018, and then obviously I learned. You know, to, obviously it wasn't the same as it is now, but I learned you know how to use Talkback um, in the end. And to be honest, I, I'm I'm quite content with Google Talkback. And then obviously when Samsung's Talkback came along, I was like, oh. Nah, you, you can't edit this out, Warren. You know, I'm not. I'm not allowed to be so. You know, to be critical. <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm leaving it in for the fox. Yeah, we should leave it, it in. So. It's honest. Uh, I'm I, not I don't edit mind it out. Samsung. I don't mind Samsung Talkback. Actually, on my on my newer phone, it's fine because it recognizes the multi finger taps. But on an older phone, it mm. isn't very nice because it doesn't recognize the multi finger taps. Oh. So the stuff doesn't work. So what phone were you using it on? I had a Samsung A13 and 22, I think it was on. But the yeah, A- that's why, that is why you hated the new Samsung Talkback then. But the A series. Older, older older yeah, 
That's why. Unfortunately, okay, they didn't uh, let those features well, work on older phones, which was annoying. Anyway, yeah. I was going to say that you're going to get some head mail for, um, you know, not liking Samsung. So if that happens, that's your problem, uh, not mine. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> I, I, I literally yeah. haven't had any hate mail since I said all my stuff about Fisher Price. You don't, you don't get any. I mean, if, any, you can anyone... convert, if, you, if you can convert me, Fee, then that would be, that'll be, you know. <laughs> well, anyone who's a new listener may not know that Fisher Price is Ed's, um, I was going to say affectionate term, but it isn't really affectionate, is it? Um, <laughs> Ed's term for Google Pixel phones, he calls them Fisher Price. Yeah, just a jealous oh, bone. Right. Just a jealous bone. That's all. <laughs> well, we know how much you love your Fisher Prices, Warren. So uh, they have plenty of advocates on here, and even Austin's defected. I've got a six A. Honestly, well, no, I'm I getting priced out. I, I got the six A so that I can criticize. It. Oh, good. That's all right then. That's fine. And I'll get the seven A so that I can criticize it. Excellent. Fair enough. Good. Wait, you're going to get the next model up. You're not going to wait a couple, two or three years. You're going to get the next model up just so you can criticize. Nah, I yeah. don't believe you. Uh, he's, he's don't a lover. believe that. I, he's a lover I think he of likes the Pixel it, really. phone. You yeah, know, it's, it, it's another thing to come here and pretend, oh, Fisher Price, Fisher Price. But in reality, oh, we love it. Mm, Ed Austin. even got one. <laughs> Ed got one as well. That's yeah, for installing yeah. betas. Oh, I can't yeah. install developer previews or betas without actually having one, though. Oh, yeah. So mine will. Yeah. Tell me another five. lie. Mine is a five. Think, That's certainly not upgrading it. Tell lie. I think the 6 is the most buggiest phone they ever launched. <laughs> Does it bug you then, Austin? <laughs> yeah. There are lots of bugs, like the fingerprint not working or not recognizing half the time and all those things. No, you need to upgrade your fingers. You need new fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Thank you very you much. Uh, I think that's what the problem is. Uh, uh, Austin, <laughs> keep those fingers, um, you know, in place. All right. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if anyone's having problems with their fingerprint sensors, if any, if anyone's got a problem with their fingerprint sensors on their phone, the chances are they need to upgrade their fingers. Exactly. Well, the Thank you. Is. My exact words. I just didn't uh, know how to put put it through without uh, being a little brush. <laughs> Whereas I didn't care. <laughs> let's let's actually get some podcasting done then. Austin, what announcements have we got this week? So we don't have anything to the related to the podcast, but a big uh, story has happened in India. That is the CFI, the Competition Forum of India has fined Google a huge amount. And that is because they are not giving the ability to users and uh, more freedom to manufacturers to install or uninstall Google apps. So users cannot uninstall, let's say, Maps or Play Store or anything that Google shifts with their phone. And the most dangerous thing that is going to happen now is all new upcoming phones are going to come without Google Apps or with very... Manufacturers are going to have the freedom. If they want, they can install some apps. If they want, they can uh, install none of the Google Apps. This includes, unfortunately, manufacturers can ship phones without installing Play Store. Now, if some 
other company other authorities from other companies other countries find google the same imagine what will happen to us because they might ship phones without talk back so that might be a really big danger for us now upcoming and it's going to be a very security risk also because they won't be play store and people will install apps from anywhere and the another news from india then the podcast crew can comment on it another news from india is that coca cola is launching their own phone with the brand of realme so realme is branding uh, or launching a phone under the brand of coca cola so that is it from the india news now the crew can comment Well, I bet the uh, bet there's, I bet it caused a lot of fizz when the Coca-Cola uh, announcement was made. Yeah. Hey, very good. <laughs> do, do we think they'll do it, or will they bottle it at the last minute and not bottle? I hope they don't, yeah, because that sounds should, delicious. Maybe they should sell <laughs> the phones in a bottle. You know, um, like a message. But, I know you sell messages in yeah. bottles, don't you? The yeah. Police. Well, if 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 it had messages on it when you buy it, yeah, you could have a message in a bottle, and you could have. You know, you could open it and Sting start singing to you or something. <laughs> But what about the CFI But, news? That is a big news. So I think that what's back... going on here, though, is that yeah, I would love to be able to uninstall some stuff that I don't want. I think it should be like Windows, for example. Uh, I get a computer, and there are certain apps or programs on there that I'm not interested in, and I don't care whether they're coming from my manufacturer, you know, uh, Sony or whoever that manufacturer is. I don't want it. Let me have the ability to uninstall it, and I think that's what should be done instead of uh, saying, "Hey, you know." It shouldn't come with a Google Play uh, system or whatever. The problem is that you know, as it is, a lot of people don't care about talkback. And I think that those of us who are blind, uh, if you're in India and your phones don't come with talkback, then it kind of sets you back instead of uh, actually pushing you forward. So I'm not sure that this is something. While I love the concept, but yet we have to be careful. Uh, you know, in the same whatever breath say hey you know but you have to install talk back on there or whatever but i don't know man it's it's a very kind of you know gray area here i i don't know if to celebrate or not to celebrate but um just make those things uninstallable meaning i should be able to uninstall those things i mean no, microsoft well, wrote the book on being hit with antitrust didn't they so, so where are, can you uninstall edge these days or not i haven't tried I don't think you can uninstall Edge. No. No. So it seems as though their CFI has gone a bit further than anyone ever went with Microsoft. Then, because you know, you'll remember Warren from the '90s that they got hit with everything over Internet Explorer, didn't they, in uh, in the US? But it seems like the CFI judgment has gone further in respect of Google than anyone went in respect of Microsoft. If they're saying these apps have to be uninstallable, it does go farther because you know. Um, even though the um, Internet Explorer wasn't made the center front and whatever, but it's still or was still an integral part of uh, the operation of Windows. So many things were tied to the Internet Explorer, whether one liked it or not. And so the Android phone is about the Play Store. And so if 
none of the Play Store is there or some of those uh, uh, frameworks, then I don't know. I'm just looking out for my blind people. That's the one that matters most uh, to me because I want to be able to independently uh, set up my phone on my own rather than going back to the olden days. Hey, can you please help me uh, set up or, you know, go download accessibility? And well, if they don't play, uh, put in place tour there, how are you going to get it? Yeah, and but I wonder, is TalkBack seen as an app bec- anymore? Because like when you switch it on now, it's in settings, isn't it? It's not like you don't open a separate app like you used to do with Brailleback, for example. It's it's just in the settings, isn't it? It's a system app. It's an app. So yeah, you, can, you can uninstall it. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, but I hope this, they don't this this mandate, though, fee is that, you know, manufacturers could choose not to have those things. And so uh, things relating to disability, though, uh, a lot of these things or a lot of the manufacturers, this would be one of the ones that they will get rid of. You see phones yeah. coming from China that will have everything else but not talk back. And that's my fear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how are you the... going to get apps easily with, without the Play Store? How are you going to download the Play Store Very good point. without having it? Like, I, I, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, well, there are other there are other Play Stores on Android. You can you can sideload apps. There's FDroid. You can get stuff from APK Mirror. I mean, yeah, and, and if you I, just I, want an easy life and you just want Play Store. Why shouldn't you have it? As long as they let you uninstall it, oh. I don't see what's wrong with it. Having well, it. But they're not saying you can't trip a phone with Play Store. Austin's just saying there's a risk, I think. That yeah, there is, what a freedom, country... there is freedom given to manufacturers that if they want, they can ship the phone with Google Apps. If they don't want, then they can ship with without Google Apps. Yeah, and, and your answer, your, your, your recourse, if you do want the Play Store, is not to buy the phone that doesn't have it. You know, go buy mm-hmm. one that does. Uh, that's what that's what you do, and then manufacturers won't do it. So, so I, th- I think Austin's putting out a risk. He's not saying that the CFI are saying oh, you can't tell they have to. With the yeah. store. No, it's just they might decide to. It'll be interesting to see what happens because it's like unintended consequences, isn't it? I mean, since the EU data laws came in, every time you go to a web page, pretty much you have to accept cookies, and it's very tedious. And somebody didn't think that through, you know. Um, so sometimes there are these unintended consequences that there are people don't actually think through, and then they realize afterwards, oh, whoops, what have we done? You know, you get good in- unintended consequences too. When when lockdown happened, our local brewery uh, had no pubs to deliver to, so the the owner brought kegs of beer to my house. Quite a good yeah. unintended consequence. Oh wow. Yeah, worked for me. I wonder whether your wonder what your, whether your liver thought so. <laughs> well, what was really funny? We were on to my in-laws when he brought one consignment. And he said he's got quite a loud, booming Welsh voice. And he goes, "Do you know you're my best customer?" <laughs> and, and our in-laws are like, "Isn't that a bit embarrassing?" I'm like, "No, not really. I'm all right with this." No, it's not embarrassing. Well. That means he likes his stuff. That's all. It does. Yeah. yeah. I'm not ashamed of like. Wait, how big were these food? consignments? Were they like whole barrels of beer? Oh, no, only like a few five litre kegs. So not. That's quite a lot of beer. Now we turn to our spotlight section, 
And this week was John Dyer's favourite day of the year. It fell on February the 1st this year, and it was the Samsung Galaxy Unpacked event. Uh, so I think it's only fair that I pass, uh, without further ado, uh, to John to talk about his favourite day. Hey, well, I don't have too much to say. I think Warren is going to fill us in on the history of these Galaxy S phones. But I'll just start by saying that, yes, I did pre-order the S23. I ended up agreeing to trade in my Galaxy Fold 4, which I'll be honest. And, you know, if you've been following this, you've seen a lot of people complaining about it. Samsung is not offering the great trade-in values that they used to offer. So that's been kind of a downside to this whole thing. But I still did it. I still <laughs> agreed to trade in my uh, Galaxy Fold. So um, we'll see if I go through with it or if I end up returning the S23. But, you know, if history holds up, I'll just keep the newest phone. And Warren, you you were going to do a little bit of a uh, an overview, a nostalgic look back, weren't you, at the the S series and how it's how it's gone to where it how it's got to where it's got to. So before Warren starts, actually, I really like the laptops that they launched. So in total, Samsung launched the three phones in the S series lineup and five new laptops. So those laptops were nice specs. Some of them had Intel i9 8 series processor with I think. Um, 20 or 40 cores or something. So that laptop is really good for video rendering and nice uh, screen. And it, everything is back with the stylus now. Even their 360 series of laptops is, and the S series, at least the S Ultra is back with the stylus. So that is a good thing that they launched. Are these Windows laptops or Android or Chromebook? No, or Windows laptops. Kind of, no, Windows. Oh, okay. I would want you to get me one of those, uh, Austin. I'm kind of uh, salivating for one of those. <laughs> I don't think really, I would like really to really use pricey. a stylus. Twenty two hundred dollars. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I think stylus, some of them though, are up was... to three three thousand dollars for like if you want the ultra like maxed out. A stylus would annoy me though. I don't want to use a stylus. Well, just leave it in its silo. You don't have to pull it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about the history, though, of the S series. We're not talking about the history of Samsung as a company or the phones. I'm not talking about when they jumped into the phone business. Rather, though, I'm focusing here on the S series, which has become the mainstay, the flagship, uh, the face of Samsung, if you will. And so back in 2010, the first item that came was the Galaxy S, and this sold some 25 million units. There were also variants of the device, including the Galaxy S Plus and the Galaxy S Advance. The device featured, though, a physical home, and this was flanked by two capacitive buttons, one to the right and one to the left, something that we're familiar with today. It also featured a four-inch display. And at that time, though, you know, kind of people were thinking, oh, this is kind of a little bit large, a little bit bigger than what we had at the time. The phone was powered by the Samsung Exynos 3110 and also by 
the uh, Android 2.1 Eclair out of the box, and that's what it came with. And then it was updated to Android 2.3 that would be gingerbread. For storage, though, it has like 16 or 8 GB. And uh, for the power that, you know, keeping it running, uh, a removable battery. We're talking about removable battery here, Ed. Uh, something I really, really like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm trying to kind of jump ahead here. <laughs> but it had a 1500, you know, milliamp uh, battery that keeps the lights on. And for RAM, <laughs> how about RAM? It had like 512 MB, and that was kind of good at the time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm blind, that's all I say. It also had what? It has like a VGA, you know, camera on the back of it. You know, that was the Galaxy S. And did the fact it shipped with Eclair make it the cream of the crop? Exactly. My <laughs> point. <laughs> Thank you for that plug-in. <laughs> So next, though, we come to the Galaxy S2 uh, that was introduced in February of 2011. Just like its predecessor, this one was also uh, made of, you guessed it, plastic. I love plastic. Absolutely beautiful thing. Uh, also has a removable battery. But instead of the 1500, this one had 1650, so 1650 milliamp battery, uh, 8 megapixels. Oh, that's better with the same uh, capacitive buttons that we've come to know. And this time, though, this one had like a 4.3 inch and has a super mold uh, screen. That's beautiful. This time, only current pixels are capable of being mega instead of just mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> they might not be called Fisher Price. Ah, uh, come on, lay off my phone, okay? <laughs> this time, though, unlike the first one, that is unlike the Galaxy S, there were two different chips powering the device. If you live outside the US, you had um, the Exynos uh, powering the device. And then you have the uh, Snapdragon uh, in the U.S. Uh, so if you were, say, in Europe and other places, you had the Exynos there that powered that device. And so that's how that one went. Um, it would receive, what, uh, up to the uh, Android version. I think it got up to Jelly Bean for that one. That was one of the longest ones Samsung supported for some reason. And Samsung sold some 40 million of these devices. I can't believe they sold that many. But, of course, people didn't have phones yet. And so everyone was buying. They sold 40 million of this. Let's move next on, though, to this time talk about uh, 2012. And with the dawning of 2012, we're talking about the Galaxy S3. And this was announced in May of that year. The S3 was the biggest phone in many ways and uh, with a 4.8 inch screen. Um, it also had a, a 2100 milliamp battery. So you see how the, the drift is or the trend is going on. Bigger battery, bigger screen and all that. And powering the device in the way of a chipset, we got the Exynos 4412, if you're outside the U.S. 
And then if you're in the US or North American market, you got that Snapdragon 4 uh, powered, uh, which powered the device. And then next, the device also had an 8 megapixel camera. And so we're getting better here. You see the trend, we kept getting better and better. And then also have the same capacitive buttons. You got the home key, and then you have all of that. And Android Ice Cream was the one that powered this device. So out of the box, it came with Android uh, Ice Cream and ended up in Jelly Bean 4.3. That was what it ended up at. And that was the last official update this one had. Like its siblings, though, before it, it too was made of, you guessed it, plastic. And Samsung sold some 70 million units of the Galaxy S3. I think probably this was the best-selling phone Samsung ever made. This phone would cement the S-series and place Samsung on the map as having a contender for the fruit bill. You know what I'm talking about. Next, we come to my favorite one that I had, and that was the Galaxy S4. Announced back in March of 2013, resembling the S3 in so many ways, though, the device was also made of plastic, sporting the physical home key, just like they all did, and flanking it with those capacitive buttons on the left and right. Uh, the the recent apps and the back key. It continued to get bigger, and so this time it had a bigger screen at 5 inch. So you see we moved from 4.7 or 4.8, now we're at 5 inches in the way of the screen, and also full HD, super AMOLED uh, display, that's what it had. And keeping the engine churning was the Exynos uh, 5410 in some regions outside of the U.S., and then uh, Snapdragon 600, uh, powering it within the U.S. and also in the U.K. Uh, so Samsung was doing something good here. Android 4.2 Jelly Bean was the one that came out of the box with this phone, and it ended up officially with Lollipop 5.2. And 2600 milliamp battery power kept the lights on. The phone sported a 13 megapixel. See, we keep getting bigger and bigger in the way of the camera. Uh, because of time constraints, though, I'm not going to be talking about some of the um, other ones with specs and all of that because we could do a whole episode on those. So I'm just going to talk about what comes next. In 2014, we meet the Galaxy S5, and this was the first device from Samsung to have a fingerprint reader incorporated into the home key, the first to be uh, IP67 rated device. And of course it was plastic. And I might even add that this is the very first device that gave us the first detection. So those of you, you know, you and I who are blind, for the first time we got a phone that has the ability of face detection, letting us know if there's any face within the camera or how many faces are there. So the Galaxy S5 was the very first one that gave us that uh, capability. This phone would also be the last S series that had a removable battery. 
something we probably should explain to listeners who don't know is um, IP67. That means it's waterproof-ish, doesn't it? Thank you so much, Fee. Yes, indeed. And so it's the first phone that had that water and dust resistant. And it was plastic. So all this argument about, oh, you know, you put in removable battery is going to compromise that. No, the Galaxy S5 was plastic and had a removable battery. Next, we are up to 2015, and we meet the S6. This time, there were two models, the S6 and the S6 Edge. And in August of that same year, Samsung would debut a third as S6 Edge Plus. This would mark the beginning of the moving away from plastic to the metal and glass. It's worth noting here, too, though, that Samsung removed the SD card. Oh, there goes my baby. (laughs) And they took away my SD card in the S6, and there was a backlash uh, for doing that. But the SD cards have gone. Like they had a they had a brief revival after the backlash, but they've died, haven't they? That's sad. I'm <laughs> sad about that. Yeah, I was sad that you can't get a horse and car anymore, but then I discovered the tube. <laughs> my <laughs> my S twenty FE does have a memory card in it. Exactly. So some of them do. Exactly. Next, we are up to twenty sixteen. And we say hello to the Galaxy S7. And like the previous year, we have two models. So we got the S, the S7 and the S7H. The S7H Plus never really came to fruition, though, even though Samsung wanted to, but it didn't make a splash. Next, we say hello to... 2017, and here comes the Galaxy S8. And we have two models. We had the the regular and the plus. With this duo, the fingerprint now moved to the back of the phone instead of being on the home key like we had on the S6 and the S5. Moving along, this time we're coming to 2018, and there's Fee's phone. We're talking about the duo now, uh, that beautiful S9 and the S9 Plus. Both devices were identical, but the S9 sported a single camera as to the uh, double cameras found on the S9 Plus. Next up is 2019 now, and we're talking the Galaxy S10. And this time, you know what? We got four. Not two, not three, but four. These are the S10e with its uh, fingerprint embedded in the power button. The regular um, S10. Then we have the S10+. Plus. And we had the first 5G phone from Samsung as the S10 5G. That's what we had in 2019 from Samsung. And it's the first time also that we have the in-glass or in-display fingerprint. The S10e 
has the um, the one in the power, and these guys had it in glass, a fingerprint reader, which I think is a mistake. I wish they they never <laughs> went. I mean, they've gotten a lot better over the years. They work pretty well now, but it's just been a frustration. It's like if something's working perfectly fine, why get rid of it? So like the, the it was the old one was easier, wasn't it? It was yes. easier. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still a big fan of the. Uh, you know, capacitive, you know, fingerprint readers as to the in-glass. I mean, it's just, you can't, I don't know, guys, you can you can compare no matter what you do. Um, it seems the capacitive ones are kind of a tad better. And you can feel where it is as well. I think it's a, I think it's a logistics thing. So most people use their thumb. They're using their thumb on their screen. That's why it's where it is. Do you know, I've never used my thumb to do stuff on my screen. No, because we that's... use our phones differently. But like sighted yeah. people will use their thumbs and that's why the fingerprint sensor is where it is because you can just do it but I guess, I, guess, I guess for us, especially, I mean, you and I, Ed, we grew up reading Braille. I know not everyone listening did, but we, I know because I knew you at school, we, we both grew up reading Braille. So that's probably why we use our phones with our fingers rather than our thumbs. Because we've realized that they're, they're more agile, really. I use my thumb. thumb for my fingerprint reader yeah. because it, it covers uh, the whole surface, you know, so it's kind of easier. Uh, so you're not missing necessarily. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I use my thumb all the time on the phone. Like, I, I, I couldn't imagine using... I and mean, obviously, I use the fingers for certain gestures, you know, like the scrolling gestures. and um, But I couldn't imagine using my fingers to actually, you know, scroll left and right sort of thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I oh, literally I use my finger. Yeah, I don't, I don't use my thumb either. Another thing that made the S10 5G stand out was the fact that it had four cameras on the back. See the trend? Next, we greet the S20, and we move out to 2020 now, and this time we have three phones. We have S20, S20+, Plus, and the S20 Ultra. All three of these phones are 5G capable phones. And well, the oh, S20 ones we're talking about. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And their plastic sister, uh, the S20 FE would debut. And that's the one you have, right? Uh Fee? The, the I S20? do, and so does Doug. Yeah. But it's not it is not 5G, this phone. There was a 5G version, but I don't have it. Yeah, no, the 5G version, I think, is North American. Uh, other places had, like, the regular LTE. But that one came, you know, the summer of that year. And so, unlike the other ones, I mean, this is a flagship budget phone. Um, and they had to cut corners somewhere, so they gave it uh, a plastic body instead. Next, chugging along, though, we move on to uh, 2021, and we say hello to the S21 series. And this time, we also have three sisters, the S21, S21 Plus, and the S21 Ultra. These three were announced in January. That was the earliest Samsung ever announced any phone, and so um, something was happening here. The S21, though, unlike its sisters, is, you guessed it, plastic. That's what I got. 
I got a 21 uh, plastic because I'm kind of being nostalgic. And so I went back and tried to fish out some S21 device. Now I have a plastic phone. Moving along, we say hello to the S22 in 22. And this time also we have three phones, S22 regular, S22 Plus, and S23 Ultra. The S22 Ultra will stand in a class by itself. Why? As it combines a feature that was formerly exclusive to the Note line, and that was the S Pen. This time we have it integrated in there, giving you that productivity. So if you're missing the Note, you have it here. Combining both the Ultra and the Note, you have your S Pen. So that's a stylus we're talking about, yeah? Exactly. And that now brings us to the one that we're going to talk about, of course. And we're talking about the current version, and that's the S23 in 2023. And of course, we have three sisters as well. We got the regular, the plus, and the ultra. John, you got the ultra. How about you kick us on to what happened here? Let's talk about some of the, uh, the features or some of the things that we like about it. I mean, we haven't had them. We don't have them in hand yet, but we've read enough about them or listened to what Samsung had to say about them and some of the mysterious things that, for some reason, were not included. Now, Satellite, I'm looking at you. Samsung, what happened here? John? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll be honest, it's not... It's not definitely not worth the upgrade if you have an S22 Ultra. It's very similar. In fact, I think it might be the exact same size and shape. Um, it has a little bit better cameras. It has a 200 megapixel camera now. The optical image stabilization is improved in the cameras. But, you know, for most blind people don't care about that sort of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's basically identical to the S22, but with the new processor. So it is going to be a little more efficient, supposedly. Only time will tell. But um, yeah, so it's it's really just a slight upgrade. And what size did you go for, John? I saw when Samsung emailed me, they were offering me the 512 for the price of 256 in the offer I got. I didn't exercise that offer, but... Yes, I got the 512. So I yeah, they were offering... For all the pre-orders, and this they've done this for a few years now, they'll give you the bump up, which actually is good for the um, S22 Ultra because not only do you get 512 for storage, but you also get 12 megabyte or 12 gigabytes of memory rather than eight, which is what the base S22 Ultra starts with. And how do you get such offers? Is it because you bought from them before, so that's why they? Send them. No, it's just it's just anybody who pre-orders. Basically, if you buy the phone before it comes out, then they'll usually hook you up in some way. They'll either give you free accessories or give you more trade-in than they would normally would, or something along those lines. And I got it. But Ed, you, Ed, you had an email though, didn't I, you? Yeah. <laughs> so I signed up. Uh, oh. I had a, uh, uh, to a newsletter that Samsung D, so I just signed up to that. I had a, oh, my okay. first, well, not my first Android phone. My first Android phone that embarked me uh, into here was a Samsung until it 
until I sold it. Well, I broke it first, then I got it fixed and sold it, uh, my A90. But, uh, yeah, I, I signed up for their, uh, their spam. I mean, their newsletters then, uh, so I occasionally get them. Another thing, though, that I want to talk about regarding the S23 here, uh, maybe this is one of the reasons why I try to go on there just for giggles on Samsung's side. I try to add the 128 to my cart. It will not. And I found out why that is. And I don't know what they're going to do if the pre-order um, comes to a close. The reason behind this is that since the S23 runs on UFS 4.0, the uh, word on the street is that UFS 4.0 does not support a 128 gig phone. And that's why even if you choose, you want to get a 128, you're not going to get it. Uh, it'll default you to 256. So I'm kind of curious as to what Samsung is going to do when the uh, pre-order uh, season is is over. So it's either someone is telling a lie that the 4.0 uh, UFS 4.0 doesn't support 128. We'll see what happens. But it's a very interesting thing. And another thing that I don't like is that, so this phone is capable. I mean, it's even purpose for Samsung's uh, purposes. And it's called, the, you know, the uh, Samsung platform or whatever, the uh, Snapdragon 8.2, Gen 8.2. And it kind of was repurposed to work well for Samsung. And yet, they cut out the satellite connectivity and the guy gave some reason, oh, we want reliability and all of that. I just don't know. That phone is capable of supporting that because that's the um, uh, the Qualcomm variant that we talked about here on one of our episodes. I don't remember which one it was. We actually talked at length about the capability of this and to see Samsung do this, I'm not happy with what happened. And it could be that maybe because uh, Snapdragon or the guys from Qualcomm said this is going to be available, you know, mid-year or whatever. So what do you guys think about this uh, misstep on Samsung's part? Um, I don't know. What is Can UFS, fix- Warren? What, yes, what is so I was UFS? just going to ask the, the same, what UFS is, because the uh, Exactly. Sure. Yeah, that's the universal uh, file storage system. And so Samsung was the one that started that. And I forgot to mention that the S6 was the first phone to come with that UFS. But surely if they're not doing a 128 gig phone, they just shouldn't have it in the choices. That's really stupid if they are doing it. So they are doing it, but it's because of the the free upgrade promotion for pre-ordering. You'd have to really like go out of the way to get that version, and because it would be the same price as the 256 version. And I think what they're doing here is probably just reusing old, um, for lack of a better word, hard drives. You know, the unit they use for storage is an older, slower version. So I think they're just trying to repurpose those in this generation. So when when after pre-orders are over and the phone is out, and you know carriers are trying to get you to upgrade you know they're going to give you the base model which is this 128 version that's going to have a slower um hard drive in it basically 
So it's going to be like what Samsung used in the past. Yeah, so in that case, it's not going to be running UFS uh, 4.0. It's going to be running UFS uh, 3.1. And I think that's not right, because if you're going to have the same sister phone, you must have them the same, at least running the same uh, processor. But so the whole thing, I'm kind of getting tired with the 128. I think it's time to move away from that as a base model we should be having a 256 as a starting point. It's kind of has gotten old, this 128. No one should be doing that crap anymore. And most especially if it's a flagship phone. Yeah, I think 128 is low. Yeah, 128 is low now. What's this thing about satellite then? The whole idea is like what we talked about earlier on in one of our episodes is that you'll be able to send you know, not just text, but also be able to send images and things like that. So basically, where you don't have connectivity, you know, it will default to that satellite connectivity. And so we were hoping that Samsung would be the first one to adopt that. But at this point, I think maybe one of the Chinese phones would be the first one to adopt this. So did Samsung maybe it'll be the say... cat uh, that uh, it has. They may be the ones to adopt it first. Did Samsung actually say, we're not going to do this? That's a really weird thing to announce what you're not going to do. Yeah, they had an interview with the guy. I don't know. I don't remember his name. I'll put the show, I'll put the URL in our show notes. His name is Ro, and he was giving reasons why uh, they didn't include it or we want it to be perfect. Hey, you know, there's no perfection. You're either going to do it or you don't do it. I have some sympathy with that. You know, they want it to work properly rather than to be the thing that got known for um, that, that didn't work properly when it was first released. Yeah, I'm I hoping that they just include it in an update at some point, whether it be One UI, uh, what are they on now? 5, 5.5 or something, or even if they wait until <laughs> Android 14, you know, because they have the hardware. So hopefully at some point, yeah, the hardware is more than capable. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping they'll do that because it'll be a shame to have this great phone and not have that capability. Were there any other standout features that are new this week? Because I'm getting a bit fed up with phone events and things now because they just seem to say, oh, the camera's better, the processor's faster, it might have more memory. Yeah, so what? Like, was there anything exciting? Well, you're not alone, Fee. I think a lot of people have kind of had a burnout of all these events and whatever. It's just a little uh, iteration of this here and there. And we focus on this or so focus on, oh, now we have 200 megapixels for the ultra model. Um, I think that's the only biggest uh, feature that stands out for these three sisters, if you ask me. But I think. Yeah, that- I don't. I don't think there's any reason worth upgrading unless you're coming from maybe a Note, tw- like a, not a Note, <laughs> an S20, maybe an S21, but, you know, it just depends on your situation. If you have a phone addiction like me, of course you're going to upgrade, but I think for a regular person, no. Well, why is it better than, say, an S20 then? Is it the speed, the battery? Um yeah, all, all of the above, you know, these little increments add up to a lot over the course of three generations, you know, 
if one phone's a little bit faster, it has a little more storage, you know, it has a little better cameras, you know, if you wait three years, then it's going to be a bigger jump for you. And yeah, also, I you know, I haven't it, heard anything that exciting. Well, but also, though, um, there's a gaming mode. So there's some things on there that some people find compelling to get this new phone. And most especially, like John says, if you have the S20, for example, we're looking at a uh, vastly different processor. We're looking at a vastly different um, camera here as well. So a lot of people, those are the things that they use is uh, they look at the camera. That's what a lot of sighted people look for. And especially the gaming industry has become such a big thing. And so for uh, people looking for a better gaming phone and you have an older phone, and if there's money to spare, definitely one would have to get this. And Samsung has made it to where uh, it's kind of repurposed for their own use to where there's a better cooling system. So there are so many things here that uh, even if you think it's not worth uh, the upgrade, there are some compelling things for someone having an older phone uh, to get this phone. Sounds right. You know, so if, they, if, if they said the battery was going to last twice as long, something like that, I'd probably be more interested, you know. We're never um, going to have a battery that lasts too long because, uh, frankly, I think that the technology, we have to change uh, drastically because what we have, it just... I mean, look at these three sisters. Uh, the the uh, Ultra is the only one that has the 5,000 milliamp. I don't know why Samsung did that. The other one's like 4,700 or whatever. Uh, so really, the battery thing, like I've argued, though, you know, the uh, good thing about any phone will have to be the battery. I, I don't care whether it has a camera that could, you know, zoom from my house to wherever. Uh, but if I don't have enough power to keep it running, then it's a shame. And uh, there's n no better thing than that uh, defunct removable uh, battery. Uh, I, I but, want the European Samsung, to push it. Samsung have done this, though. I mean, the S9 that I've still got, I do still use it, but it needs charging so often compared to my S20. And even... Okay, it's going to now because it's old. But even when it wasn't so old, it needed charging a lot more often. And I was really pleasantly surprised when I got my S20 FE because I was like, oh, this lasts two or three days. Wow. Um, yeah, so, F, yeah, F20 so has a, was a bigger big battery so and a bigger processor. Do, yeah, so sometimes they do. And, and, this is, and I mean, the S9, I think, was the S9 the first one to have wireless charging? Uh, probably no, the before S6, that. The S6 was the first one to have wireless charging. Oh, but you see, so things like that that are exciting. When that came in, that was exciting. And nowadays, there doesn't seem to be anything much. Yeah, there's nothing like exciting that. about this new phone. But the thing, the thing is, because Samsung took away your remo removable and replaceable battery, they can tell you now if your phone's three old, three years old, this will last twice as long because you've worn, <laughs> you've yeah. worn out that old phone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, John. <laughs> and now we move on to the app of the week. Um, this week, I'm demonstrating ExpressVPN. Hello, everyone. And this week, I'm going to demonstrate for you the app ExpressVPN. Before I do that, though, I probably need to talk a little bit about VPNs, what they are, and why you might want one. 
So what is a VPN? A, a VPN is a virtual private network, which I appreciate may not tell you much more than uh, the initials did. What a VPN will essentially do, though, is encrypt your internet traffic to make it much more difficult for it to be spied upon by anyone who wants to look at what you're doing. Uh, so that's the main use case for a VPN, probably, if you don't want your internet traffic uh, looked at. You might be on a public Wi-Fi network and want to do some sensitive banking transactions or pay with a credit card. And while the website you might be using to pay with a card might have um, uh, SSL encryption, it almost certainly would. On, on a public Wi-Fi network, anyway, I, I would recommend that you always sit behind a, a virtual private network to have uh, your traffic encrypted. If, if you just don't want to be looked at on a point of principle, and you know, even if you're on your home network and you don't want your internet service provider to readily see what you're doing, uh, you might want a virtual private network too. The other use case for them really is to get around uh, geo-blocking restrictions. So this is where content on the internet is either only available to a certain country or not available in a certain country. Uh, a virtual private network will let you disguise your location. You can connect to servers all around the world. And when you do that, if you're in the UK and you connect to a server in the US, say, it will make it look like your internet uh, traffic is coming from the US. Uh, your IP address, internet protocol address will be a US one. So when the internet content that you're looking at, maybe it's an app, maybe it's a streaming app, maybe it's something else, it'll say, where is this device? It'll look at the IP address and it will say, ah, it's in the US, even when it actually isn't. So, you know, if you have a, a Netflix account in one country and there's content uh, you want to watch in another, you might well hop on a VPN and connect to a server in that other country. Maybe a sporting event you want to watch, you know, the rights haven't been syndicated in the country you live in, uh, you want to watch it, you can connect to a country where, uh, the, you know, the rights have been uh, syndicated. Uh, you might have a cable subscription or a satellite subscription, you're going on holiday, your subscription doesn't work, you might want to connect to a VPN uh, while you're on holiday, uh, a, a server in the country you live in and uh, access that content. That's the case in the Western world, probably, for uh, geo-blocking. In other countries, uh, it's different. So censorship means that different websites are blocked. So in China, many of the social media sites we use are blocked. Uh, in Russia, and that's becoming increasingly the case, certain things are unavailable in countries like the United Arab Emirates, say. So you might well, if you live in one of those jurisdictions, hop onto a VPN, change the server to a country in which that content is available and uh, go ahead and look. Obviously do that, having researched what the consequences for you are. Clearly, you know, if a country's blocked content, then you want to check that you are operating uh, within the law, at least, of that country, or, you know, you, you need to make your own risk-based judgments about what you do. Not all VPNs are created equal, so some are better at other things than others. So, if all you're bothered about is uh, stopping your data being spied upon, then 
probably most VPNs will do the trick. You might want to check where the provider of your VPN is based, uh, just in case you know they uh, have to hand over data uh, fairly readily to authorities. If that's not what you want to happen, you know you might want a VPN based in a, a jurisdiction with uh, favourable uh, privacy laws. Also. I mentioned China back then. Uh, not all VPNs will work in China. So, so if that's your specific use case, you're going to China, you want to be able to access stuff outside of China, you should have a specific look at which VPNs uh, will work in China. And as for media streaming apps, you should also double check that uh, uh, the app, the VPN will work with the, the app you, you, you want to try and make think that you're somewhere else. So um, have a look. See, see, see what see what the uh, options are for the particular thing you want to do. That's not to say you need a VPN for every use case. Uh, there are some perfectly good all-round VPNs. I mentioned Express just now. That's the one I'm going to show. Nord VPN is another. Golden Frog is another. Surfshark is another. Cyber Ghost. Uh, fairly, you know, there are a fair few generic ones which will probably uh, do you fairly well. Let's have a look then at the VPN. Express column five. So Express VPN, uh, eloquence and talkback mangled that a little bit, but let's just open this up and I'll won't show you all of the app, but I'll show you some of the key things. Express, Express, unlabeled button out of grid, not connected. So it isn't connected at the minute. That unlabeled button that's in the top left is a connect button. Uh, let's see what we have on this home screen. Smart location, UK, East London. So it will suggest a location if, if all I want to do is jump on a VPN. This is the one I suggest, it suggests. If I were to uh, double tap this on the button, it would probably connect. Recent location, UK, Docklands. Recent location, USA, New Jersey, dash one. Time protected. Connect VPN to protect your traffic. Capital M, capital T, capital W, capital T, capital F, capital S, capital S, IP location. Connect to keep this location private. United Kingdom. So there you heard it say how much time it had protected over the week, uh, how to keep my uh, IP address private to connect, obviously. Security assistant. Protect your device. Five of seven tasks to complete. And this app has various other security features. So it thinks I should do some various other things that aren't VPN related at all, but it still wants me to do them. Guard your privacy. Eight of eight tasks to complete. And it wants me to do some other things about privacy. Again, not VPN related, but as I say, this app offers slightly more than just a VPN. Senior new password manager. Uh, they have just introduced a password manager and they keep wanting me to use it. I have a perfectly adequate password manager. I don't need to use ExpressVPNs. And now we're on the tabs at the bottom. Selected VPN tab one of four and list four items. Keys tab two of four. That was the passwords. Help, tab, three or four. Options, tab, four or four. So I'm going to show you a little bit more on this uh, home, oh, sorry, well, on the VPN screen, I called it a home screen. Uh, and then I'll have a look at the options and some of the settings and talk about some of those. Unlabeled, button, out of list, not connected. Smart location, UK, East London. So I'm going to have a look at how we change location. So it says smart location, uh, East London. Let's see what we can do about this. I'm going to double tap it. Express. Navigate up button. VPN locations. Search button. Selected. Recommended. Tab one of two. All locations. Tab two of two. So it's going to have some featured ones in the recommended. Where do people to connect connect to most often? Let's see what we've got in here. 
Smart location, one of 23, enlist, 23 items. UK, East London, two of 23. Recent locations, three of 23. UK, Docklands, four of 23. USA, New Jersey, dash one, five of 23. Recommended locations, six of 23. United Kingdom, seven of 23. Unlabeled. United States, eight of 23. Unlabeled. Germany, nine of 23. And I'm just going through the different locations. You hear United States, Germany. Unlabeled. Netherlands, 10 of 23. And you get the idea. If I were to select all instead of recommended, you would have other jurisdictions. You know, you could connect from Africa, from the Middle East, uh, from elsewhere in Europe if you want to. And as I say, the reason you might want to do that is if you want to be able to access content only available in a certain location where that access is done by your IP uh, address. So I'm going to back out of VPN locations. Navigate up, button, out of list, express, smart location, UK, East London, not connected, unlabeled, button. I will just tap that unlabeled button for you in the top left to show you that it does actually connect to something. Connected, unlabeled, button, connected, current location, UK, East London. And so we are now connected. Uh, now what I'm going to do is show you some of the settings in the VPN, and the, or in Express VPN rather, and they are in the options tab in the bottom right. Options, tab, 404, options, selected, options, out of list, settings. And it's settings we want to go into, and let's have a look at this. Express, unlabeled, button, settings, VPN settings, auto-connect, disabled. So auto-connect, you might, depending on your use case, want your VPN to connect at various different times. Do you always want it to connect when you turn your device on? Do you only want it to connect when you join a non-trusted network? You know, when you do connect to a VPN, uh, you do have some compromises. So uh, speed might be one of them. You may find it fractionally slower uh, than your regular internet connection, which is why it's important to find the right VPN for what you want. Uh, if you want to watch video, then obviously you're going to want to watch uh, to sign up for a VPN with reasonable speeds. So let's go and have a look and see what I have in AutoConnect. Express. Navigate up. Button. Auto connect. Help. Button. Automatically connect to last VPN location. When Android starts up. Off. Switch. When joining networks not listed as trusted. Off. Switch. So those are my two options. I can have it all the time or when I join a non-trusted network. Navigate up. Button. Express. Auto connect. Disabled. Network protection. Internet access and local network settings. So network protection. Let's go and have a look at this. See what we've got in here. Express. Navigate up. Button. Network protection. Internet access. Block internet when unable to connect or reconnect to VPN. On. Switch. Always block all non-VPN internet traffic. More secure, but disables key VPN features such as split tunneling. Tap to learn more. So split tunneling is a setting we'll see later on. So this is saying, do you want any... Uh, app to have to use the VPN to connect to the internet, or will you allow some internet traffic through? Allow access to devices on local network. Stay connected to local devices, such as Chromecasts, printers, and file servers, when the VPN is connected. If block connections without VPN is enabled in Android settings. And that's about what happens to your uh, things such as casting if this setting uh, is changed. Navigate up, button, express, network protection, internet access and local net split tunneling. All apps use the VPN. Split tunneling. So this is the thing you just heard about. And what happens here is you might not want all apps to use 
your VPN. Maybe an app doesn't work very well uh, if it's connected to VPN. Maybe the traffic needs to be in the clear. Uh, maybe you find that actually your VPN is a little bit slow for some of the apps you want. If you're mainly focused on data privacy, maybe it's okay for some apps to be able to access uh, the internet without the VPN. You know, if you're only worried about uh, transactions or emails, maybe you don't care about Netflix not using the VPN. So you might well enable split tunneling. As it said in that previous setting, though, or in the previous settings group, depending on how the setting about blocking internet traffic works, then split tunneling may or may not function. VPN protocol automatic recommended. There are different protocols for VPNs. I wouldn't worry too much about this, especially if you're using the VPN's own app. You should just let it do what it wants. Other settings. App and website shortcuts disabled. Protection summary enabled. Help improve express enabled. App screenshots enabled. And that's it. ExpressVPN is a paid one, as are the other ones I listed earlier. There are free ones, uh, but you may find they're a little slower. You know, you're, you may find they don't work quite as well. You may not be able to uh, have as many devices connected uh, to the VPN at the same time if you use a free one. So do do your research before you sign up for a VPN. I said make sure it does what you want. Also, uh, uh, check if a free one is any good. There are a lot of good paid options out there, though. Uh, uh, so you certainly won't be short uh, if you do go for a VPN. They are also very often on sale. So if you've looked at the reviews, found one you quite like, it is worth doing a Google to see if they have a sale on. Quite often, some of the big computer magazines have coupons where you might either get a discount or a few months free. Uh, I got ExpressVPN, I think, uh, 15 months for the price of 12. So well worth uh, having a look at that too. So that's a brief taster of VPNs and a brief taster of ExpressVPN. So does anyone else use VPNs or is it just me? Not recently. No. I used one when I was studying um, at a college about 15 years ago. You you had to log in um, via their web portal and you were then in their VPN. But I've never used one on a, on a phone. I, I know of people who use them people who are abroad and they want to watch British TV and things like that. Yeah, I love VPNs. Ed, you cattle thief, what are you stealing with that VPN? (laughs) (laughs) So so the next step I'm going to demonstrate, which will come as a surprise because it's US exclusive, is uh, Sirius XM. <laughs> I'm paying You're for it. <laughs> I'm paying. For, no, I'm, pay, I'm, pay, I'm paying for it. I don't mind paying, but what I object to is them saying I'm in the UK, so I can't listen to it. So I hop on my VPN, listen to Sirius XM, and all is well. And I'll show you. <laughs> there that you go. In my next. Is demo. that a sport? Is it a sports thing? No, it's a curated radio service. So it's not like TuneIn, where they they broadcast all the radio stations that exist and if they don't you add a custom url to make it exist they have the bbc they don't do that anymore but anyway (laughs) sorry carry on but you could still probably add it to tune in as a customer or or you could find well you can find another radio app you can do 
Sirius XM curates a lot of their own channels. Not all of them. They syndicate some of them, but they do have all the sport. Yeah, they've got, um, they have the Talk Sport International Premier League coverage, which is kind of interesting. Uh, it's different to Talk Sport Domestic. Uh, they have all the American sports, obviously. They have channels dedicated to bands. So there's a Beatles channel on Sirius XM that will only ever play Beatles stuff. Uh, Howard Stern, that stuff for them. Uh, so if if you want like a directory of radio stations that you know it probably isn't for you, but if if you want your content curated a little bit, then maybe it is. But you do need a US uh, IP address, uh, so the VPN works very well for that. So have you used it for some UK things when you've been away in in Canada? Yeah. Then, for example, yeah, yeah, I did that, uh, and that's a good point because I should say something else. I used it to, for Talksport that worked quite well. The BBC does not determine your location via IP address, so uh, the VPN is going to be entirely useless because that's all it changes. What the BBC Sounds app does, uh, and its uh, sports rights are restricted, is uh, it determines your location uh, by location services on your phone. And you might think, aha, I can outsmart this by turning location services off, but then all it will do is go, well, I don't know where you are. I'm not going to play. Happily, you're not you in are. the UK. I'm not going to give it to you because yeah. I don't see you in the UK. Well, if it, so if it, does, yeah, but if it doesn't steal? know, yeah, but if it doesn't know where you are, at it all, assumes you're not in the off UK. Lacouche location. Then it, it means work. you're not in the UK because yeah, exactly. That's, that's what the ITV app that does something. Yeah, like that. but happily, you are all Android listeners, so there's a way around. There's a way around this, isn't there, Warren? Yep, and we've talked about it, that mock location thing we talked about earlier. Oh, I remember that, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Mock location is your friend. iOS users, you are SOL, I'm afraid. You can't do it without jailbreaking your phones against your friends at Cydia. Um, But on Android, you absolutely can. You can download an app, go into developer options, and set your location literally to anywhere else. And any app that determines your location by location services will be spoofed. And next we have uh, Warren's tip of the week. And this week, it's all about accessing safe mode. Hi. For episode 113 tip of the week, this is demonstrating safe mode. For today's demonstration, I am utilizing my Pixel 7 Pro running Android 13 QPR2 Beta 2.3. In the way of the TTS engine, I am again utilizing the Google Speech Services. The whole idea of doing this demonstration of the safe mode actually came to me because of an email that we got. And basically someone had some funny thing going on with their phone. And thus, in a way to track down what the problem might be, I think we need to show how to run your phone in safe mode. So let's think of this like running your Windows computer in a safe mode. I do want to mention here in passing that running the safe mode does not stop your screen reader from reading. In other words, if you're using TalkBack, I cannot say categorically as to whether or not this will stop your confused screen reader. That's the G-Show, or like Austin would like to call it, Joshua. I think it will be disabled because what safe mode does is basically 
stop every third party from running. In other words, disable that. And they will be restored once you restart your phone again. That's what I am demonstrating today. So let's go ahead and show you how you go about running your phone in a safe mode. As I indicated, I'm using my Pixel 7 Pro, so I'm going to be holding down both the power and up volume keys to bring up the power menu. Phone options. Emergency. We heard phone options, and the first thing we heard is emergency. Now below that emergency is the power off button. That's the button we need to interact with. I'll put my finger down and touch that particular button that says power off button. Power off. Here is my power off, but we're not powering off. Instead, what we're doing is a long press. In other words, double tapping and holding the power off button. So we tap twice, but on the second tap, you hold that finger in place and that pops up a menu. That's the long pressing. I will now long press, that is double tap and hold that power off button. Reboot to safe mode. Do you want to reboot into safe mode? This will disable all third-party applications you have installed. They will be restored when you reboot again. That's the dialogue we got when we long press that power off button. And then, to the right of that, about a couple inches down, are the cancel and OK button. Now, I do want to mention here in passing that I'm using something called Reflector 4 in recording my audio from my phone. And so if I just tap on OK, it will disconnect from Reflector 4 and will foreshot the app and I'll be losing this recording. So before I tap on OK, I'm going to disconnect or pause this recording or stop this recording and then resume from here. Now, here I am recording using my Windows recorder, and you're going to be hearing my phone not close up as it was earlier. Do you want to reboot into safe mode? This will disable all third-party applications you have installed. They will be restored when you reboot again. Okay, and like I said, moving down, we got a couple buttons, one to the left, the cancel, and the OK to the right. Cancel button. There's that cancel. OK button. And now I'm going to tap on OK. Restarting. Progress bar. In we heard restarting progress bar in. And so it just stopped talking from there. I'm going to let it go ahead and come back up so that I will log on to my phone. And then we'll go back and continue. So meanwhile... I'm waiting for the phone to come back. I heard the vibration. Talk back on. And it's Device back locked. on. Unlock for all features and data. System UI. Android beta program. This device is enrolled in the Android beta program. The program allows Android developers and enthusiasts to try out pre-release versions. Well, you understand all of that. So I'm going to tap on OK. OK. Device locked. Locks. And now I'm going to input my pin, so I'm going to pause it and then input my pin and then resume from here. Enter. Device locked. 
Device unlocked. Pin area. Home. I just put in my pin and my device is now unlocked. Next, though, what I'm going to do is to jump back to the Reflector 4 and continue this recording. I am now back using my Reflector 4 app. I do want to mention here in passing, though, that when you enable this save mode, your phone gets placed in the airplane mode. I had to turn that off. Now, all my apps, all my third-party apps, have been disabled. I'll show you what I mean. I'll move to my second page where I have apps rather than folders, and you'll hear that the apps are disabled. Home screen 2 of 4. And I'll put my finger down and move through some of the apps, and you'll hear that they are disabled. Disabled Niv Bible Study. Disabled Home. Disabled Boost. Disabled Spark. Disabled Audio MP3 Editor. Disabled Sound Recorder Plus. Disabled Headphones. Disabled AlphaCast X. Disabled what three words? As you can hear, my apps have been disabled, even including the Google Home app, because I installed the Google Home app, and it's not a system app. And now that you have third-party apps disabled, you can see if you're still experiencing the problem that led you to running the phone in a safe mode. So, for example, if there are recent apps that you've installed, now you can try to narrow down which one it is. You can uninstall some of the recent apps that you think was causing the problem, or maybe install them one at a time, and then reboot the phone back in normal mode, and then see if the problem has gone away. But that's how you do that running of your phone in a safe mode. And that concludes the tip of the week. Thanks for listening. And next we have John Dyer's Highlights from TalkBack. Welcome back to our continuing series on TalkBack Highlights. Today's episode will be installment number 53, and we will be covering the new feature in TalkBack 13.1 called Split Tap Typing. And just want to preface this by saying you will need Android 13 to take advantage of this feature. So I'm just going to describe exactly what it is before I demonstrate it. What it is is the ability to type on the on-screen keyboard, in this case I'm using Gboard, and rather than having to double tap a key or lift a key to input it, what you'll do is you'll move one finger around the keyboard to highlight the key you want to input and the other finger, or a second finger I should say, you will tap on the screen to input the key. So I'm just going to demonstrate it here, and I'm holding the phone in my right hand. I'm going to be moving my right thumb around the keyboard, and with my left index finger, I'm going to be tapping the screen to input each letter. So 
I'm in an edit box right now in the Messages app, and I'm just going to type, this is a test. Capital H, cap, capital F, capital T, t capital T, H, hot, H, I, 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 F, D, Delta, S, S, space, this, J, Julie, I, I, I T, F, D, Delta, S, S, V, Victor, space, is, C, A, Alpha, A, C, Charlie, space, A, G, Golf, T, 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 F, E, Echo, E, D, Delta, S, S Test, R, R, 5, T, Tang, T, D, C, Symbol, Keyboard, Back, symbols. Symbol, Keyboard, Letter, Co, Showing, Symbol, Keyboard, Exclamation, Test. Put an exclamation. So, let's see what we have here. Editing. This is a test. Edit box. So, as you can see, I was able to type that using split tap typing. Now, another thing that's kind of cool about this is you can delete characters fast. So, let's say I want to delete the exclamation mark and the word test. So, I know I'm going to delete five characters. I can simply put one finger on the delete key and hit five times with the other finger. So, I could do like this. Delete. T-S-E-T -E deleted. So that quickly I deleted the word test. So I'm going to go back to the letter keyboard. Letter keyboard. Shift. Showing English U.S. QWERTY. Show you another way you could possibly do this because that was using my right thumb and some people can't reach the whole keyboard with their thumb. So what they'll do is hold their phone in their right hand and use their left hand to do the typing. So in that case, you would, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to type the word test again. I'm going to be moving my left index finger around the keyboard, and I'm just going to tap with my left middle finger when I get to the key I want. T, T, Y, 6, 7, U, uniform, Y, T, Tanga, T, R, Romeo, E, D, Delta, R, Romeo. You can tell e, I'm not. Echo. E. Used to type like this. Sierra. D. R. T. Tango. T. But just wanted to show you. Let's see. Editing. This is a test. Edit box. So yeah, I was able to do it that way. You might find that easier. Obviously, you don't have to use any specific two fingers. You can use whatever is the easiest for you. And I also want to show you a setting that will need to be set a specific way in order for this to work. Now, if you haven't ever tinkered with your talkback settings, then you can just ignore this part because the default setting will work for you. But I'm going to bring up the talkback menu. You can either tap with three fingers or swipe down and to the right. Talkback menu. Talkback settings. I'm going to go into talkback settings. This is a settings. test. Keyboard hidden. Talkback settings. Navigate up. Button. I'll scroll to the bottom. Near the bottom. Tutorial and help. Advanced settings. I'm going to go to advanced settings. Audio. Heading. And then near the bottom again. Single tap to activate. 
Privacy Policy Terms of Service Developer Settings You're going to look for Developer Settings Version Code Version 13.1.0.5 Echo Recognized Speech Ena Explore by Touch On Enable Performance Statistics Handle Gestures in Talkback On Switch You're going to look for Handle Gestures in Talkback This switch has to be turned on in order for split tap typing to work this is turned on by default, so if you haven't messed with it, don't worry about going into these settings. I had it turned off because it makes me be able to use the regular gestures faster. But if you've never gone in here, then don't worry about it. But if it, split tap typing is not working for you and you're using Android 13, this is probably the reason. Go in here, make sure this switch is turned on. So that concludes this installment of Talkback Highlights. Thank you for listening. And we conclude this week with an Android Journey segment. And it's from Will, who you've already heard, Will Murgatroyd. He sent us his segment earlier. I'm going to play that now. And then we'll talk to Will about that. Hi guys, it's Will Murgatroyd here from Luton UK. Thank you so much for allowing me to come on your podcast. I have loved it from day one, even when I wasn't using Android. Uh, I think you're excellent hosts, your demonstrations are fantastic, and really it's just what we need. There's not enough of um, your content on the internet, so I respect you for that. Um, okay, so I've only been using Android properly and um, got you know, I'm sort of settled down with it for not even a week yet. But to be honest, I've wanted to share my Android journey with you guys for the last few days because I know I've grown so accustomed to Android now and I'm not going to go back to iOS at all. So my Android journey sort of began in 2016. It was um, sort of mid to late 2016. And I don't know why this was, whether it was just out of curiosity or what it was. But I'd been using iPhones for about five years. Uh, I got my first iPhone in 2012. It was the iPhone 3GS. But prior to that, I'd been using my mum's um, 3GS. And, you know, I'd grown accustomed to the iPhone. I was familiar with voiceover. And I was, I was, I was quite content. Um, however, um, in sort of September, October of 2016... I asked my living skills teacher in secondary slash high school whether I could have a little go on her Android phone. And she said, yes, it was a Samsung, but I'm not too sure which one it was. And it must have gone well because she then said, well, you know, why, why don't you ask some um, students? Because there, there were, you know, there were some Android using students in the school. Why don't you ask some students if you can have a little play with theirs and try and, you know, familiarize yourself with with talk back and stuff which of course you know wasn't as responsive wasn't as um wasn't as great as it is now i'm very impressed with how um google have um worked hard to improve talk back over the last couple of years particularly with the updates um involved you know uh from android 11 um with the multi-finger gestures which i think and, I, and it has been mentioned before on the podcast but i agree should have been added years and years ago but i'm glad they're there now Anyway, I didn't, um, I didn't ask any students if I could uh, have a little go on their phones. I was very impulsive and still am to this day. 
And I actually, in the October half term, I asked or persuaded my mum to take me to the O2 um, shop. O2, um, for those who aren't aware, is a network, a mobile network over here in the UK. Uh, in our local town, she um, took me to the O2 shop and I don't even think I even had to go on the phones in there. It was just a, a case of, okay, I want to switch from iOS to Android. Which one is the best for me? Uh, or the best phone out there at the moment, I should say. And we ended up buying the Sony Ericsson Xperia XA Ultra, which, to be honest, was a struggle. Um, you know, I hadn't had... As I say, I'd only had like a two-minute play around, uh, play around on my um, teacher's phone. There was no, you know, I hadn't done what I have done now with this, with, with my current phone, the, the Pixel 6. I hadn't sat there and, you know, customized it and, um, you know, made sure it was it was how I wanted it, you know, talkback-wise. Um, so the phone was quite a struggle for me. I had it for three days, about three days. Um, even doing something as simple as answering a call was was impossible. Texting on it was impossible. I was using the single tap keyboard at the time, and I wasn't used to it. Um, I didn't know you could change in the talkback settings um, the typing preference uh, as I have done now because I'd still struggle a little bit with the uh, single tap keyboard. Um, and so I ran back to the phone shop with mom three days later. And we bought the iPhone 3, uh, not 3GS, we bought the iPhone 5S. <laughs> I'm not that old school. We bought the iPhone 5S um, for me, I believe it was. And then, um, again, about a year later, I was talking with um, a Android user friend of mine. And uh, he was trying to sort of convert me. He was sort of saying, well, you know, there's nothing really that iPhone can do, which he had a Samsung S7 Edge at the time. There's nothing really that iPhone can do, which which Samsung can't, you know. Um, and um, coincidentally, actually, fast forwarding a few months to February 2018, I had been badgering my mom for an Android phone. And bear in mind, I'd only got my um, iPhone 6S, I think it was. It was about four months earlier. I am terrible with phones. Um, I only got that about four months earlier. Uh, and of course, mum was like, uh, no, you're not going to have a new phone already. Coincidentally, and mum to this day still believes it was on purpose, but I'm telling you it wasn't. My phone went missing in the cinema. One minute it was in my pocket. Next minute we leave the film and it wasn't. <laughs> so we went to the phone shop the next day. And of course, I chose an Android phone. I got the Samsung Galaxy A5 2017 edition. And it was actually surprising. I was using, uh, obviously, Samsung's uh, voice assistant feature, um, screen, reader, screen reader at the time. Um, you know, Samsung and Google hadn't collaborated um, to create Samsung's talkback, which I understand has caused um, a few problems um, with, with me as well. But I'll come on to that. And it was quite, you know, straightforward. It was quite easy to adapt to. Uh, and I had that thing, actually, for... Ooh, I had it for a good few months, actually, before it broke. Um, it, it would it would fail to charge, uh, telling me that water that uh, moisture had been detected in the in the charging socket. Um, so I then ran back again to the iPhone, and I guess you know to cut a long story short, over the years I've gone Android iPhone, Android iPhone, Android iPhone, and I've never really quite. So 
you know, I, I've bought phones from Amazon without much thought. You know, I, I, I bought the, you know, Samsung Galaxy S7 Edge. Didn't get on with that. I bought the Samsung Galaxy A22. Didn't get on with that. Uh, the Samsung Galaxy A13. Didn't get on with that. So I guess, you know, for the most part, I was, I was using the iPhone. And recently, I really, really got into um, the Blind Android Users podcast. Um, and also, you know, bearing in mind my iPhone 13 mini, it was. Um, the battery on it was pretty awful. Um, and I was just, you know, reaching the end of my tether. And I was like, Do you know what? I need a new phone. And the Pixels had, you know, you, you know, you guys and Live Accessible have been singing the praises of the of the Pixel phones for, for ages. And I thought, you know what? Because I was going to get myself the um, a Samsung phone, the Samsung M13, I think I had my eyes on. But I got myself the Pixel Six, and when I first, and you, do you know what? When I first turned it on last Tuesday. Um, which will probably be a few weeks if you decide to put my Android journey on your podcast. It'll be a few weeks um, ago. But um, when I first turned it on, I was so impressed with how responsive TalkBack was. I was like, wow. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, there were, um, well, I set it up and started to use it. And there were a few problems. And for a time, I went back, you know, for like 24 hours, I went back to my iPhone 13 mini and then i thought a couple of days later i thought do you know what i'm going to give it one more try you know i've paid all this money for it i'm going to give it one more try and i'm happy that i did i have now sold my iphone 13 mini i am very impressed with how responsive talkback is um I'm loving the multi-finger gestures. I'm loving the fact that Android is so... I know I know everyone says it, of course, but I'm loving the fact that Android is so customizable. You know, I've customized um, my own ringtones and notification sounds um, for different people. And that's what I love about Pixel, is that you have a, you know, you have... There's an easy way to do that. Um, you know, whereas on, on Apple, of course, you have to use GarageBand and from experience. I know it can be done, but from experience... Um, it's not the most accessible for me, at least. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just love Android. Um, I don't think I'm going to um, get rid of this phone for many years. Um, and yeah, you know, and you've got to be fair to both platforms, guys. You know, I think there are some advantages to iOS and there are some advantages to, to Android. Um, but for me, uh, I now prefer Android. So... I thank you very much for listening to my Android journey and I will continue listening to your great podcast and hopefully I would love to come on live if I can. Um, that's another dream of mine. So uh, accept or reject, but uh, I wish you all the best in the future. Thanks very much for that, Will. Warren, I know this is this is very much your favourite segment, isn't it? So I'm going to hand over to you to uh, take it away with Will. It is my most favorite part of this uh, episode. And, Will, I don't know where you found us, but you've been listening to us. And thank you so much 
for you are coming, welcome. <laughs> yeah, coming to talk about your Android journey story. I love these stories because you know what? It tells people that whatever struggles that they had, they were not alone. You know, there's someone out there that had the same experience or something similar. And so the Android journey story has become my most favorite segment of the podcast. And so if you're are out there and you haven't uh, sent in your Android journey story yet, that is, those of you listening to us, please and please send us those stories or even come on live and interact with us. And you are playing host when you come on and uh, uh, be part of the live conversation. We have Will here, Mr. Margaretroid, and sounds like Android, rhymes with Android, beautiful name. Uh, so, Will, <laughs> we really appreciate you coming on here, young man. Uh, you're doing a great job back there. And uh, when you go out on that run, uh, carry with you the Blind Users uh, podcast with you. So thanks for this great um, uh, contribution in the way of your Android journey story. Now tell me something, Will. This, uh, you started with a Samsung device. The one that I found laughable is you lost it in the theater. Uh, <laughs> what was oh, going no. on here? <laughs> well, that was actually my uh, my iPhone um, 6s, which I uh, which I uh, <laughs> it was 6s, and it was very like as I say to this day, my mom still believes, and I can tell you guys now, it's it wasn't, but my mom still believes that I actually lost it intentionally because obviously you know the day before I've been I've been saying, oh, I want an Android, I want an Android, like, you know, like a petulant child. I, I was I was seventeen or eighteen, but like a petulant child, I was like. I want an Android phone. I want an Android phone. And mum was like, yeah, but Will, because at the time, you know, obviously it wasn't as advanced as it is now and things. And she was like, you know, are you going to be able to get everything on there that you've got on your iPhone? And I was like, I don't know, but I just want an Android. And obviously the next day, it, um, my success went missing. And uh, we don't know where it, well, we don't know where it went. Um, and yeah, right. That's when I moved to the <laughs> Samsung A17, um, A, sorry, not A17, A5 2017. Um, that wasn't, uh, yes, that was the first Samsung I got actually. Um, the first Android I got was obviously the um Sony Xperia XA Ultra, and again, that was because of having no prior knowledge of Android. It was, as I said, it was just like, uh, what's the best phone on the market? Yeah, I'll get that, you know. <laughs> yeah, because I was kind of wondering, you know, really what really happened to that. Uh, what I call the Fruitvale phone, the iPhone. Uh, was it a deliberate thing? It fell out of the pocket. You didn't realize it fell out. You were having so much fun at the movies yeah. or whatever the case was. You know? <laughs> but I, I found it very no laughable. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant, my man. At least you got your Android, right? I did. Um, <laughs> and um, it was it was a very, you know, it was very easily, I don't, I don't want to, you know, repeat you know much of what I've already said, but it was easy to adapt to. I I didn't know how I'd get on with it because obviously you know my my Sony I didn't get on with at all, and that's because I'd had you know literally no you know prior experience. You know texting, answering. You know like like I said, even answering calls was impossible for me. I'd scroll across the screen. All, all I hear is response options, response options. It's like, can I just answer this call, please? <laughs> And Android in the early days was horrible, though. It it was, it was it was a lot harder to do most things. And something I really like about the Samsungs, Will, that I know you don't like the Samsungs, but 
I like that I could switch on a thing and when someone phones me, I press the up volume button and I've answered the call. Oh. I don't think any other phone has that, you know. Hmm, I've not seen it on the Pixel. Double tapping with two fingers. No, it's not. Yeah, work. you can do that. Yeah, that works as well. But sometimes when it's having a moment, the, the up volume thing, it just always works. And mm, that's yeah, one of my favourite Samsung things. Yeah. Warren, and, are you going to let Fee's comment, Android was horrible early on, stand? Or are you going to. No, I was, I, was, I was coming up with a rebottle, and uh, here's my rebottle. The problem is that it wasn't terrible, it wasn't horrible. Uh, people was. just didn't know it wasn't because we're it talking was about. Because Talkback uh, was on. so slow, no, and fear, it wasn't installed. On. It wasn't installed by default, and it was no, really it was. annoying. You had it to... was installed by default. What phone were you getting? Well, they were they were probably cheaper ones, but well, maybe like, you you cannot no... see if you are getting something from China. That's why it was a Samsung, <laughs> and then I had an HTC. Oh no, no! All the Samsung phones came with. We've talked back. They were no, accessible they out of not the, the cheap ones. Not well, the cheap so ones. that's what I'm saying. You got a Chinese. You had to box. no. You had to. You had to turn it on. Yeah, but it, that, ago, that doesn't mean that it didn't ago. come with it. Fee, there's uh, having yeah, someone turn you, it could, on and not coming yeah, with I, it are two different things. Yeah, but that's uh, horrible. I didn't say it didn't come with it. I said you, oh, you said that set it up yourself. No, you couldn't you set it up yourself. Earlier said it did not. So that's why I was saying maybe you got to turn it. It didn't come with off. it on, as in turned on. Well, none of them did that. You couldn't. Do it, set it up yourself. Yes, you Whereas can. Whereas with the iPhone, no, you can no, you, now. No, you can't. Now Here's you the can. problem. No, you yes, you could. Fee, it started with ice cream sandwich. Okay. You can draw a line. Yeah, I'm talking free. I'm talking gingerbread. I'm talking um whatever the one before gingerbread yeah, but, was. But That's that, when it was horrible. But, but to say that, you know, but then you need to be specific specific. But to say that, you know, Android, you know, on, was, was, was was bad. Uh, I mean, that's a misnomer. No, it's it, it wasn't. And, and back in the day, it was. Here, and they had here's all, what and I'm they trying had those to say. Horrible angle gestures. Let me let me clarify <laughs> something. The problem we had was that if I start my phone out out of the box, and I missed that step, and it passed that setup screen, then I'm toast because I'm not able to turn on accessibility on my own. And many people didn't know that. And so, you know, you um, get to pass that, and then you realize that you need someone else to help you turn it on. Uh, However, uh, we had the first instance of being able to turn on our accessibility on our own, you know, with that um, uh, ice cream, which I failed when I tried to draw the uh, rectangle. I didn't do it right. So it didn't work no, for me. No, I couldn't do it. Um, I couldn't do now, it. with Jelly Bean, however, in 2012, I was able to start, you know, my accessibility on my own. And like I said, until Oreo, um, we now could, even if someone had already gone past that screen, you could enable accessibility by holding down those two uh, volumes. And so we have come a long yeah. way, but, you know, now those we mechanisms have. Now, were in there. Now it's really nice, but I'm talking, when I first used it, it was probably, what was the one before Gingerbread? That was the Eclair. Eclair, yeah. I, I think uh, I no, 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 sorry. No, it was Froyo. Froyo no, was I, had gin- I had gingerbread, and 
you couldn't you there was no way back then to set up accessibility by yourself it just wasn't possible at all oh that gingerbread was the um was 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 one of those that was was hard but so, so that's but what, what i was saying. Back but then, what i was Android trying to say was though, horrible, we're horrible about... then and then it improved after that but it, that's why i think that's a problem we still have though that because 12 or 13 years ago it was horrible some people tried it then and they've never gone back and tried it again and realized that try this as a new experience now forget what it was like then and that's something yeah. I said in my interview that I did this week. I said to people, don't, you know, if you're trying Android now, try it like you're starting again. Because Android was very difficult. And I also found, when did they when did they change the um, gestures? Because those angle uh, no, gestures, those corners, were, they were hard. Hang on, be, hang on. before yeah, you move to that hard. gesture, we were talking about answering calls because, you know, um, yeah. Uh, and what happened was that the answering the method of answering calls, you know, uh, evolved over the period. Uh, yeah. It used to be that when you had a call, uh, you swipe from left to right with two fingers near the bottom of the screen, and that will answer your call. And if you swipe from right to left, that declined the call. And so if uh, Mr. Margatroyd didn't know that, there was no way he was going to be able to answer the call. And later on, I think it was with, I don't remember what version of Android that brought the swiping up with two fingers to uh, answer the call. So uh, either you could tap on the answer call, you know, in previous versions, or you swipe with those two fingers at the bottom from left to right to answer the call. And then even now, you can still tap on the answer the call if you don't want to use the swipe up with two fingers to answer or double tap to answer the call. I don't use the double tap because I find for me easier to just, uh, you know, uh, just swipe up with two fingers than giving my phone a bidding just because I want to answer a call. The other thing as well, uh, an Android didn't, or TalkBack didn't particularly help itself in this regard, but there were six angled gestures. Oh. Yeah. You only ever needed two of them, and then you only yeah. ever needed one of them by the end. Like they included angled gestures for things that already had native system gestures assigned to them. Like, so you never needed to perform an angled gesture to go home. You never needed to perform an angled gesture to go back. You never needed to perform an angled gesture. I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with you on this one because I'm a. I know people hate the angled gestures, but I like them a lot because now i'm not hating on multi-finger gestures there i love them as well and i use both but you know for somebody who uses a, a phone most of the time with one hand like i just hold it in my right hand and i use my thumb for all the actions like you can't go home with that with only one hand you have to use two fingers and swipe up from the bottom with your opposite hand so if you're doing something else like if you're holding something carrying something using your cane and you want to do something on your phone real quick. Angle gestures actually let you do a lot more with one hand. So that's yeah, the benefit I think. Obviously, the enough. reason it was obviously the reason it was put in Android is because back in the old days, a lot some Android phones didn't even support support multi-finger multi-touch on their screens. So they just right. made talkback only work with one finger gestures. 
Yeah, there'll be there'll be use cases like John's where someone's using their phone one handed. Most people aren't though, and 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 they may talk back more intimidating than it needed to be by including yeah. four and because it didn't say when you're in the talkback tutorial, go go home, uh, you know, swipe up with two fingers or press the home button in the bottom, the bottom you know, in the, the middle. middle of it, like yeah. that's what it should have said. It shouldn't have said go home, swipe up and left. Uh, yeah. Because there were better ways for the vast majority, for everyone who isn't John, there were, there were better ways to go home. So here's the, the problem, and it's not a problem. But what has happened, and I think that the, the problem, yeah, let's call it a problem, <laughs> is the fact that um, a lot of people didn't or don't know that, you know, outside of the gestures, uh, screen reader-based gestures, for talkback to do uh, certain actions and all of that is the fact that you can still use those native gestures. And so it gave it a bad rap in the sense that people always look at talkback and say, hey, you know, those angle gestures, because that's what you hear, or the angular gestures are hard to do. You know, oh, you do this angle and I can't handle those uh, angle gestures. But so, see, we have both. If you don't like the native gestures, you feel more comfortable like the uh, use case scenario that John uh, just uh, alluded to. If I am holding that phone in one hand, I can't go home by swiping up with two fingers from the bottom to go home. I'll have to use that uh, screen reader-based gesture to be able to go home or do whatever, do those actions. So I think that it's actually a blessing that we have both of those as to the other side, the other aisle that, you know, you, you can't, you know, do native gestures. Everything is wrapped around the uh, screen reader based gestures. And I, I will hit that with a passion. So Will, did you, it sounds like from what you've said that you went back to an iPhone after a while from your Samsung. Over the years, the iPhone, why was that? What was it? What was it about Android that made you go back to iPhone, or was it just that there were features in the iPhone you wanted? I think at the time, you know, like I say, over the years, I've gone from one to the other, and I think at the time, I I just wasn't giving it enough time, or you know, I wasn't. I'm not a patient person, so I wasn't giving it enough time, and I was like, ah, do you know what? Sod this! I'm going to go back to the iPhone. You know, it's a lot easier. So it's familiarity then, basically. Mm, it yeah, is. That, that I think having, having listened to you guys over the last... Um, I've listened to you guys for ooh, six, seven months, I'd say. Um, I think in the end, you know, when I bought this Pixel uh, 6 that I've got now, even when I, you know, even after I you know, pressed the, um, the order button, I was thinking, oh, should I have done that? Should I have done that? Then I was like, do you know what? No, I'm going to try it. And again, I'm so glad that I did. And I think it's been it's been said a lot before, but I would really, really encourage, you know, as you've said, Fee, you know, I'd encourage people to at least try um Android again. And again, you know, persevere. Don't don't give up on the first on the first stumbling block because think about it, like, you know, when you started with Windows, were there challenges? Yes. With iOS, were there challenges? Yes. You know, so you're gonna get challenges you know whatever you do it's just um finding ways to overcome them like you know um what i mentioned earlier on about um it was well obviously off the recording about the fact that my assistant voice typing in search 
inserts punctuation at the at very random points. You know, I'm not going to give up my pixel because of that, even though I want to smash it sometimes when he does it. You know, I'm not going to give it up because of it. Um, I'm just going to work with it. And if there's a way I can turn it off, I'm going to explore the settings and see if I can turn the, the damn thing off. I'll let but, you into a secret. The iPhone started doing that recently as well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you can easily turn that off. Yeah. <laughs> but this is this is part of my proclivity to tease which you may have noticed i have oh yes <laughs> so, so so what you've said a couple of times i think you said it in the recording and you certainly said it since is that you anticipate owning this phone for, for years to come now i don't doubt you'll stick with android but what is it about your phone history just think about all the phones you've ever owned that makes you think you're going to own the phone for a year Never mind years. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. Do you know what? I, I, Nothing I've in your all, track record. <laughs> I've just been awful with money. But, you know, but you know, the one thing I love about the Pixel is, and I had a Pixel, well, I actually had a Pixel. Well, I missed this one out from the journey because it's not, it's not, a, you know, it's, for, it's a very little importance. But when my iPhone was going in for repairs, I actually had a Pixel 2XL. And I think, Ed, actually, we, um, you might remember, we spoke very Unless briefly on Facebook about it. We did. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was um, talking to these guys about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, you know, one thing I love about, and it's a very, very small thing, but one thing I love about the the Pixel is just how customizable it is in terms, you know, uh, um, in terms of, I know it's very, very small, but in terms of ring, uh, ring tones and notification tones, um, I've never found this option on, on um, Samsung or anything else I've used where you go and select a notification or a ringtone and you can actually, you know, Download your own, you know, you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, especially for a Samsung user. You're wrong. Really? <laughs> yes. There's not. You can actually do the same thing, can you, on Samsung? Yeah, you can make your own ringtones. You just have to put them in the ringtones folder on your phone, and yeah. Oh, well, that is the that's the thing about Android in general, whether it's uh, from Pixel or from Samsung. Uh, what drives people to it or keeps people in place? It's that customization you just mentioned, well, mm -hmm. and uh, yes, you could do this with any uh, not any Samsung, any Android phone, and so it's a beautiful thing on Android. You can customize it as you want. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. lately though, you know, some of the customization that we like, uh, some of them are kind of getting uh, getting taken away. Uh, most especially, you know, like say, hey, I want to be able to. Um, access this folder or whatever. Um, tighter security has led to uh, some inability to access some things that one would like to access with some other, you know, file manager. So I know yeah. it is one of those things that uh, it kind of hates. Uh <laughs> but you can usually get another file manager to get around it on Android, though, can't you? No, you can't. Usually. Oh, you can't. They've stopped. I, that I'm now. talking about. Let's say you are on Android 13, for example. Um, mm. You know, you're not going to be able to access uh, some folders. Let's say you want to go into uh, the Android directory and access, like the uh, maybe the Android data folder or the uh, the OB the OBB folder. Um, mm. You're not going to get uh, access to it. Really. Yeah, the no. scope, the scope storage thing. Uh, it's worth seeing if I haven't tried it on my uh, Sony since it ran. 
uh, got upgraded to Android 13. You certainly could when scope storage is introduced. You could get around it with a third-party file manager. I don't know if Android 13 has broken that. I never tried it on my. Yeah, you, you tried it and let me know. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I could pre previously those... there, there were there were third-party file managers that would would get around the scope storage problem. Yeah, if you were uh, on but, Android 12, it. yes, you could. Yeah, uh, but maybe not 13. Oh, as but common not 13. as uh, CX File Explorer, you could, but. Try that on Android 13 and let's talk. What about from your computer? Can you do it from there? If you plug the ah, phone of in. Of course, of course. Yes, you can. Of course. It's just that uh, using another app to access certain portions that you're not going to be allowed because the, what has happened is that, and, and chuck it up to the bad guys because they will use their apps to access things that they're not supposed to and uh, either be serving you ads or, you know, try to steal your stuff. So what Google did was to kind of say, hey, keep your fingers only to yourself. You can go out poking those fingers in another person's uh, app and things like that. And that's what but Annoyingly, it also started treating its users like children, not just its app developers. Uh, so if I want, if I <laughs> yeah. want fingers poked, I should be able to invite the fingers to poke. And Google don't seem to think I ought to be able to do that. And that's it this week, folks. Austin, where can people find us? So people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. They can browse our website, blindandroidusers.com. Check out our YouTube channel youtube.com slash blind android users subscribe to our mailing list blind android users plus subscribe at groups.io the links for telegram and twitter clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links so that is it from us this week well that's it for this week folks thanks very much for listening say bye bye everybody bye bye, -bye everybody goodbye Bye. Bye, everyone, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We haven't been asking you guys to, and we would love to see us get to a 1,000 subscribers this year. Austin especially with, because he's obsessed with growth numbers. Exactly. So uh, subscribe, that, hit that subscription button, and bring us up to a 1,000. We're just maybe like a little over 100 shy. Thanks for listening to another clip from the Blind Android Users channel. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you're notified of every new material that we upload. Thanks again for listening to the Blind Android Users channel.